Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're worshiping online or whether you're here in the room with us, we invite you to stand and worship the Lord with us today. There's joy in His house when we come together to worship Him. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. Forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of 
shout of praise. He is in this place. He's here with us today. Amen. Amen. Pastor Bill, that is so true. The Lord is in the house today, brothers and sisters, and there should be joy in this house because there's joy in our heart. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. Let's praise him with all of our heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, when I think of the year that we've just been through, brothers and sisters, so many people lost so much. It's been a year that has never been like this as far as I know in all the world. And yet God has blessed us to be here today. We are a blessed people. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yes, we are. We can't thank God enough. Thank you. God is worthy of our praise. And that's all he asks, that we obey him and that we give him the honor and glory. I think about the ten lepers that Jesus healed. And only one came back to say thank you. And you remember what Jesus said? Where's the other nine? Didn't I heal ten of you? Brothers and sisters, God wants us to thank him. That's praise. That's, praise is the outward emotion of the inward feeling of thanksgiving. And David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth. So I encourage you in this new year, praise God. There's power in praise. There's blessings in praise. Amen? Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're going to go to uh, Isaiah 40, one of my favorite verses. For it tells us during these times of adversity in our lives, what God do for us, no matter how bleak it may seem. God is our defender. He's our rescuer. Isaiah 40, verse 28 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he will increase his strength. Thank you, Jesus. He said, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a wonderful promise from God? I hope you receive that in your spirit and walk with that through this new year. Praise God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters, and empty our our minds of all the problems and cares of the world and just ask the Lord just to fill us in and to touch our spirit with his glorious presence where there is fullness of joy, where there are blessings forevermore at his right hand. And he says, I will show you the pathways of life. Dear Heavenly Father, our wonderful Father, Almighty God, creator of the universe, of the trillions of galaxies that you maintain and keep from crashing into one another. Oh, what magnificent proof legitimacy of your presence. How else can that be explained? Lord, we love you. We give you homage. We we give you all the honor and glory that you were so worthy of, hopefully in every thought, word, and deed. 
think I heard Pastor Jonathan mention this last night. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, may they be acceptable. May they be pleasing in thy sight, dear God, for you and you alone are our salvation. You alone are our strength. We should please you at all times as much as we love you. Father, we ask that you bless this service. Bless everyone who's here today. Those who are watching over the internet, dear God, same as being here. They, they wanted to be in your manifest presence, dear God. They, they wanted to get a touch from God today. Lord, we need you. We need your presence. We are a needy people. And we're so grateful that you love us and that you've taken care of us. Please continue to do so, O oh God. Please continue to give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. May they continue to bear us up in our hands so that we will not dash our, our foot against the stones of life's adversity. Cover us with your feathers, dear God. For you said there, we are safe. Your name, dear Lord, Jesus, your name is still a strong tower that the righteous may run into and be safe. Lord, we ask that you bless this service as you bless all of your people throughout the world. Lord, a special prayer for our young ones and our elderly, the most vulnerable of our society. Have mercy on us, dear God. Have mercy on them. Strengthen them, encourage them, bless them. And, Lord, we just want to be sure to give you all the honor and all the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, in every thought, word, and deed, we lift up the name of Jesus. And we say amen. And church, say amen, please. God bless you. You may be seated. Hey, CCC family. I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. A few weeks ago, we told you about a brand-new 15-passenger bus that God has blessed us with. We are preparing to use this for all kinds of ministry at CTC. This includes transportation to and from weekend services, events, appointments, and other activities. To make this work, we need drivers. We're looking for people who would be on call as well as those willing to be scheduled for events. You do not need a CDL to operate the bus, and we will provide all training. If you're interested in this ministry, send an email to lpointexter at ctcde.church. In an effort to help families with young children be able to attend small group meetings and other small functions, we need part-time on-call child care providers. This would not be during our regular weekend service times. This is a part-time paid position. You can learn more by going to ctcde.church employment. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bayer Campus Office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to those in person and online. And thank you for joining us this morning. 
Hope we had a good week and a good couple of snow days, too. I know I did because I love the snow. Some people hate it, but I love it. (laughs) So, again, good morning, and thank you for joining us today. So if you are new here and you're in the sanctuary with us, um, before you leave here, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff and also get the chance to, you know, talk to anyone in the congregation here today. And those of you online, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that most likely just popped up in the chat. And now connect cards. So for everyone in here, um, whether at your tables or at your seats, you will see the little connect card where we would love for you to fill out your name so we know that you were here today. And also you can write a prayer request because we're always praying for you. And again, same goes for all my online people, but virtually. So you can click the connect card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. Thank you, Rebecca. I just want to say welcome, good morning, happy new year, all that kind of stuff. Pastor Roger and Carolyn are out of town this weekend. Their daughter's uh, wedding bridal shower is uh, it was either yesterday or today down in Georgia. And uh, so they left uh, the middle of this past week, and they'll be back in the next couple of days. So just be in prayer for them. It's an exciting time for them. Their daughter's getting married in March. You may or may not be aware of that. So uh, we're just lifting them up in prayer that uh, God would just guide them through this time and uh, that he would bring them back home to us safely. Also at your table or at your seat this morning, you'll find an offering envelope. Uh, That's another place you can record prayer requests if you'd like to do that. Uh, And you can also uh, obviously put your offering in there. Uh, As we've looked back over the last couple of years since we've uh, started experiencing this COVID pandemic, uh, I have just, and, and, and all of us here on staff, have just seen God's provision and God be faithful over and over and over again. Because of your faithfulness and because of the way he's enabled you uh, to be faithful to what he's asked you to do, we are able to continue to be faithful to what we have committed to do. And that's a whole lot more than just keeping the lights on and keeping the salaries paid, Uh, although that is kind of important. Uh, But it's not the most important thing. Ministry is the most important thing, and that is what we've been able to continue to do because of your faithfulness. So week by week, we review these ten giving principles Uh, that we practice here at Christ the Cornerstone. So this weekend we're on principle four. Uh, So would you say this with me? Let's say it together. We give to God all that he asks of us and not just a portion of it. We give him all that he asks of us. And that may or may not be everything, uh, but it will be something that God has asked us to do and he's asking us to be faithful. So let's uh, also uh, recognize this scripture uh, that goes along with this principle. Let's say this together. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Faithfulness to God results in his faithfulness back to us. Do you believe that today? I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning as we prepare to give and as we prepare to continue to worship. At the close of our worship time, since Pastor uh, Roger is out of town this weekend... Uh, We have a guest speaker with us uh, this weekend, and we'll welcome Reverend Jonathan Whitney. Uh, After our worship time and after we uh, view the uh, bumper, uh, then we'll welcome him, and he'll bring uh, the first message in our brand new series that we're starting uh, this weekend. So let's pray together as we prepare to give. God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, that you are always blessing us, you're always guiding us, and you are always speaking to us to be faithful to you. And Lord, as we are faithful to you, you are faithful to give back to us. So Lord, that's the position, that's the place we want to put ourselves in today. 
so that you can continue to provide ministry through Christ the Cornerstone, both campuses, all of our campuses, Lord, our online campus, our Bear campus, our Ellesmere campus, uh, Lord, everywhere that you've called us to do ministry, uh, we thank you for that privilege. So, Lord, as we continue to worship you, we pray that you would be honored and glorified and exalted. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's continue to worship him. God, we just thank you that you are a father that is always faithful to us. Lord, you are a father that we can come to. Lord, when we mess up again and again and again and again, you will always welcome us. So we thank you, God. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now, I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. I run to the Father, I fall into grace, done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again. Is 
we turn and run in His direction, He's always there. Lord, help us to understand today that these burdens that we're carrying, that we have decided that we have to bear them by ourselves. Lord, help us to understand that You are here. And help us to understand in our lives that those burdens that we carry because it seems like we've dug ourselves a hole that we have to get ourselves out of. And we don't see a way, but You are the one who makes a way. So Lord, we want to yield to Your plan. We want to yield to Your Spirit. We want to yield to what You're doing in our lives. Making a way where there seems to be no way. That is your specialty. So Lord, today, help us to lay it down. Oh, and you 
one who makes streams in the desert and ways in the wilderness, parting the Red Sea. God, we pray that those Red Sea moments in our lives, that we would put our trust in you. Because you're here with us, making a way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. soak in. That is who you are, God. That is who you are. Waymaker. Miracle worker. Hallelujah. I was thinking this morning about this song and and about the, the idea of childlike faith. To, I wish I had a video that I could play it right now, but if you were to hear my two-year-old grandson sing this song and understand that Jesus tells us to come to him in that way. See, my two-year-old grandson, Arlo, he doesn't know that God is not faithful in everything that he, he doesn't He doesn't have that in his mind. That God is not faithful in everything because he knows this song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. He doesn't know. But, you know, we've convinced ourselves somewhere along the way that because things didn't happen exactly the way we wanted them to in our lives and we prayed about something, that all of a sudden God is not faithful. But that's not true. He is faithful according to his plan. Our job is to say, God, whatever your plan is for my life, that is what I want you to do. And when we yield that to him, his faithfulness will show. No matter what.
stand there like my two-year-old grandson and say, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, life. That is who you are, God. That is who you are. Lord, we rejoice in you today that your word says that you are faithful. And your word does not lie. Pastor Vaughn, earlier in the service, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Help us today, Lord, to mount up on wings like eagles. Hallelujah. Help us to give you all of those things that we struggle with. So that you can make a way in our lives according to your plan. I'm going to invite April to join me on the platform this morning. And just a moment after we view the bumper, uh, those of you that have kids who are going to kids ministry, you can go with Miss April. So we're just going to pray for her and her team and pray for uh, Pastor Whitney as she comes in just a moment. Can we? Can you join me in prayer? God, we thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you, Lord, for the ministry that happens all over this building week after week after week. And so we lift up April to you and her team and we pray that as they minister to children uh, week by week that, that your faithfulness would be built into their lives so that uh, the faith of a two-year-old Waymaker, miracle worker. We're just, Lord, may we be like children who are just too clueless to know that you don't do everything that you say you're going to do. Help us to yield to that. Bless Reverend Whitney as he comes this morning to bring the message. Open our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. for a moment with all the excitement in this room when they called my name and played the bumper that the lights would start flashing and the confetti falling and everybody would be up on their feet shouting for joy. Hallelujah, God. At least I got it. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's good to be here this morning. It's good to see everybody in your place. And I'm glad to see the expectancy that is there as well. I'm yet prayerful for God to fulfill that expectancy that's in your spirit. Amen? I am Reverend Jonathan Whitney. Uh, Didn't bring my bio with me today. Uh, I'm just uh, nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Isn't that how the songwriter says it? Huh? And I've just come to share with you what God has put on my heart. And when I really started listening, <laughs> what he put on my heart, and I'm excited about it myself. So if you'll pray with me for a moment, and, and then we're going to read some scripture, and we're going to just kind of 
jump right into God's presence. Almighty God, we find ourselves in a place that you've provided, that you've prepared for me this morning. We're thinking for a moment that I know all of us in here are believing that we serve the Prince of Peace. But church, family, and Almighty God, it often seems that we're consumed by conflict. Our word is, uh, the world we live in is filled with conflict. Sometimes uh, fought with guns and planes and and other times fought with money and, and influence. We live, hallelujah, in a nation that's marked with conflict. Special interests vie with one another, hallelujah, God. They try to gain the, the upper hand, and, and then most of us kind of reach out and to whichever one wants to give us the biggest share. But even in our personal lives, Lord, there's stuff going on. There seems to be so much conflict. As we hear our prayer this morning, Lord, we know that there's family disagreements, there's neighborhood fights and office squabbles, even struggles within the church for power and control. Forgive us, Lord, for talking peace while we wage war. Forgive us, Lord, for confessing Jesus Christ as Lord with our mouths while all the time we are cultivating conflict. Help us to sense your presence. Help us to sense your presence in such a powerful and dynamic way, even this morning, that we'll have no choice, no choice but to become peacemakers. Hallelujah. Because Jesus Christ has become so real in our lives. Use us. Use us this morning. Help us, God. Cause us to bring a forgiving touch. Give us, Lord, that hands that are for healing. Give us compassionate words. Make us truly instruments, Lord, of your peace. Watch over my mouth this morning, God. Watch over my spirit this morning, God. Help us to be that willing vessel for you. We ask all of this in your precious and powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Our scripture this morning as we think on this new series that Pastor O'Connor and Pastor Frederick have begun. It starts with these letters to the churches in Asia, the seven letters that you'll be hearing about in, in the Sundays ahead. Today, my, my task is to speak about the letter, the message that was sent to the church in Ephesus. The scriptures found there in Revelation chapter 2, and those first seven verses are, are the ones we'll read for you. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. And you have discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. 
turn back to me and, and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolotans, just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand that he is what he's saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Have you ever gotten a letter? I mean, a really important letter. Well, out of all the letters that have been sent to various churches and people, hallelujah, this letter, hallelujah, this letter to the church in Ephesus has to be the most extraordinary letter ever written. I mean, Jesus Christ commissioned John, the Apostle John, to write uh, to a specific church there in Asia. All the while, he was, he was, this is while he was living in exile in, in Patmos. Now, church family, I've gotten a letter or two in my lifetime. Some were from employers. I've gotten letters from hospitals, soldiers were, who were deployed, and some who were, were stateside. Letters from schools and colleges and uh, uh, universities and churches, sweethearts and some used to be sweethearts, banks and, and lawyers, finance companies. I mean, just to mention a few. But today, it seems like these styles, these types of communications have been curtailed. Uh, it's totally replaced by us. Uh, by, in some of our lives, uh, with Facebook and TikTok and, and Instagram and text messages, uh, uh, video chats and emails and blogs and, and, and WordPress and, and media, media wiki, uh, I mean, all types of digital communication. I don't even think I can halfway write cursive anymore. But the excitement, the excitement around this letter and its implications, I want to say to you, they far outshine anything I have ever received. Come on, God. Wow. Listen again to how it begins. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the, the seven golden lampstands. And, and it's sent to the angel of the church. Now, before you start looking around and, and think who the angel would be if, if the letter uh, came into the church today, who would that angel be? Look around at your neighbor. Are you the angel? Are you the angel? Well, the angel would have been your pastor. It was sent to the angel of the church. You look that up and you understand the translation of that word there. It means the pastors of the church. I hope that you love on Pastor Roger, your other clergy staff here. Because I'm telling you, when Judgment Day comes, when it starts, the pastors will be the first in line. We will be the first ones that have to give an account. Now, I was thinking for a moment of how uh, I would describe or get an understanding of what happened to the church in Ephesus. 
when we thought about what we would call our message, we just, we, we just thought it was a, 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 a letter for all times. And it was being sent to a forgetful church. And it just brought to my mind, uh, the Lord blessed me to remember a time when, when I was a newbie. Uh, and I had come to church and I joined the church. I'd come in out of the streets and he took the sword of the street out of my hand. And he began to do this new work in me. I was able to uh, be part of a group of persons who were sent to Phoenix, Arizona. And, Lord, I got off of that plane, uh, and it was a hundred and something degrees. And I was saying, my goodness, is this what it's going to be like? <laughs> but the funnier part of that was is that we left four or five you know, inches of snow over here. And we got on a plane with our winter clothes on, and we were all bundled up. And by the time we got off of the plane in Arizona, we must have looked a sight. But the teaching, the workshops were involved in showing how large membership churches do ministry. And it, it, it would, what would it be like, I thought? What would it be like, I thought, uh, to belong to a church which would supply everything that my family and I needed uh, to have a wholesome place? I mean, a wholesome place to go for everything. I mean, have a movie theater in the church, uh, have a, a track uh, uh, around the gym where I could run and exercise in the church. I mean, have a, have a quality restaurant, you know, where they take those napkins and put them across your lap restaurant. Uh, and to have a place, I mean, where the children's activities and, and things for everybody of all ages. A place where I wouldn't have to be out in the world anymore. I could just be around fellow church members. We went to one church, Pastor Vaughn. And it was amazing. They had this amphitheater on the outside. And you want to know about the inside? The whole front of the altar area would turn around and be the altar area for the amphitheater on the outside. I would never seen such extraordinary buildings built for the worship and praise of God. And I thought for a moment, now as I'm reading this letter, what, what, what would that church have neglected doing that it would have caused Jesus to send them a letter like this uh, uh, and tell them I have something against you? I mean, what, would, what, what love would that church have lost first uh, and, and have abandoned to cause Jesus to send such a letter as this? Jesus says, remember from what you have fallen. Repent. Do the work that you did first. Uh, I mean, it's impossible to abandon your first love, huh? Is it, 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 or is it possible to abandon your first love the way Jesus indicated there in his letter to the angel of the church of Ephesus? What caused him to send that letter? In hindsight, I think if I had gotten my way uh, when I thought about that self-contained church campus, Jesus would uh, have been right, right on point, sending me a letter. The angel, the pastor, a letter that pointed this thing out. I would not, and it would not have taken me much time, church. It wouldn't have taken me long to understand uh, and indeed get on my knees and repent before God. My prayer would have been, thank you, Jesus, for... Thank you, Jesus, for showing me the error of my way and my thinking. Thank you, Jesus, for taking time to knock on that door, my door again, and being patient long enough for me to come and open the door. 
You see, if you don't know the Lord, he's looking for you. The word tells us that he'll stand at the door and knock. And he won't open it. He can open it. He can walk through it. But he'll wait for you to open the door. And the word says he'll come in and sup with you. And that time, I, I, I thank you for, I just had to thank him for allowing me to have him back in my life. I could possibly have been the cause huh, of the church becoming something other than what God intended. Now, you might think I'm just giving you my testimony, but I want you to understand what can you be causing the church to be something other than what God is attending. Now, we are studying a book by Dwight M. Gunter uh, about seven letters to seven churches. And uh, in that book, he does a precious thing. He, he, kinda, he says he backs into uh, what we are by, by telling the reader what we're not. Now, in, in my own way of thinking, I, 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 he said that we are not a social club. He said, although the building, uh, we're building good relations living in community with one another, hallelujah, and, and we all have our particular mission within the church, our part, our purpose is biblical, we are not a social club. We are to fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6 and 2 says that we are not called, we're not called to socialize. And we thank God for the relationships that we have here among believers and that sense of belonging that happens because we're in the church camaraderie that exists. But we're not a social club. And the, 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 he, he had a second uh, 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 thing. He says, we're not a service club. Uh, and with the way I was thinking, we may have become a, social, a, a service club. I mean, although we are, are to take care of the needs of others, uh, to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, uh, hallelujah, to attend to the sick and, and the helpless and visit the prisoners and, and the homeless, we're not a service club. With my way of thinking, we may have become maybe a historical society. Uh, uh, although we have our traditions and our creeds and, our, and, and, and we build on the foundations that were laid by our spiritual ancestors, uh, we are not first and foremost a historical society. Our view is not limited to yesterday. Now, we may look back, church. We, we, we may learn from the past, and we may build on that learning, but our focus is on our future, where God, where, where God is leading us, where he's taking us. We're not a people of God who are crying, take us back to Egypt. Instead, I, I believe that you and I are longing for God to take us to the promised land. If I, with my way of thinking, we may have become... A, Maybe a sales organization, you know, cheap grace. And although we want to introduce people, I want to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Uh, we want the kingdom of God to grow. But we're not selling the gospel, huh? We're, we're not closing deals for Jesus Christ. That's not our identity, and it's not our main purpose. You know, working hard is no substitute for love. Neither is purity a substitute for passion. You see, the church must have uh, both of them if you're going to please God. But don't let it change you into something other than. When reading that epistle to the 
Ephesians, you know, that letter that Paul wrote, you discover there's about 20 places in there where he talks about love. You also discover that, that Paul's uh, uh, emphasized that you and I, uh, we, we have an exalted position in Christ Jesus. Huh? If you ain't somebody in nobody else's life, I'm telling you what, Jesus Christ has got you about right up here. Hmm? But the Ephesian church had fallen and, and was not living up to that heavenly uh, position, if you will, in Christ. If, if It's only as you love Christ. I mean, really, really love Christ that, that, that we can serve him faithfully. Our love must be pure. It must be right on point. I was thinking of examples of first love. Verse 5 and 7 says, remember. I mean, first love can be restored if, if we follow. I want to give you three things to do. Three things to do. First, we have to remember. I mean, we have to keep remembering what, what, what we've lost. And, 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 and you know, we got to repent of those things when we look back and say, wow, look how far I've fallen. We have to change our minds, church, and we have to confess our sins to, to the Lord. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 9 that if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. And the next thing that we need to do is we must re- repeat. He says, repeat the first works which suggests restoring the original fellowship, hallelujah, that was broken by sin and neglect. For you and I, for you and I who believe in, in the Lord, this means that we got to get to praying again. That means we got to get some fasting on. The, the disciples said, how, how, how come we couldn't do this? How come we, can, how come we can't make this thing work? He says, sometimes you got to pray, yes, but sometimes you have to do some fasting. And to, to, to get back and, and to, if you want to use the good graces of God, you got to do some reading on his, of his word. And you have to meditate and you have to be in service and you have to get back to worshiping again. In spite of the privileges it had, the church in Ephesus was in danger of losing its light. The church that that, that loses its love will soon lose its light, no matter how doctrinally safe we may be. I will come there in that scripture when the letter says, I will come. It's not referring to the Lord's return. But it's his coming judgment right now, right in this moment. That glory, the, glorious, the glorious city of Ephesus is today but a heap of stones. No light is shining there. You can look at it on Google Maps. And it has the archaeological sites. Revelation 2 and 7 makes it clear that, that the individual believers within the church may, may be true to the Lord no matter what. These seven messages, and they're going to be really powerful. These messages, the overcomers, the ones who God is speaking to, they're not spiritual elites. They're not social clubs. They're not service clubs. 
that are historical societies, not sales organizations, but rather they are the true believers whose faith has given them victory. First John 5, 1 John 5 and 4 says, For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that the conquerors of the world is, is our faith. Who is it that conquers the world? But the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Sinful man was banned from the tree of life. And do you hear what it's saying here at the last sentence there? Therefore the Lord sent him forth. It kicked him out of Eden until the ground, to till the ground from which he is taken. But Christ, in Christ you and I have this eternal abundant life. Huh? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, huh? That whoever, whoever who would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible reminds us in John 10.10 that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I came that they may have life and life abundantly. We enjoy this blessing. I enjoy it now. And I'm going to enjoy it in a greater measure when the Lord comes and gets me, huh? The church of Ephesus was a careless church. Uh, it, it was a forgetful church. It made careless believers who neglected their love for Christ. I want to say thank you, Jesus, for your love. I want to say thank you, Jesus, for your grace this morning. I want to say thank you, Jesus, for showing me mercy. Hallelujah. I want to thank you for writing this letter that you sent to Ephesus that I could read today and benefit by it. The letter says... At verse 7, let anyone who has ears listen to what the Spirit has to say to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life. Can you imagine what the taste is going to be? The tree of life and the paradise of God. Church family, I'm thinking that today as we're in wonderment, well... How do we keep that thing from happening into our church? Uh, how do I keep it happening in my family? How do I keep this stuff uh, from, from growing and getting worse? Because you see, sin might be this little, little teeny step, but it seems to take on a life of its own. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. You see, he's written us a letter, and he's telling us what's about to happen. In view of God's mercy... Offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Here I am, Lord. You Use me, Lord. Huh? Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse 2 says, don't conform. Oh, that's, don't conform to the pattern of the world anymore. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it says, then you will be able to, hallelujah, test. See, you take the test. Sometimes you get the wrong answer. So, you know, I got to learn some more. I, I want to pass the test. He said, then you'll be able to test and uh, in time approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, his perfect will. Hallelujah. Howard Thurman wrote this wonderful prayer. I want to pray it over you today. Wife Anne gave us permission to have it printed in our in our hymnal. Lord, I want to be more holy in my heart. 
here in the citadel of all my desiring, where, where my hopes are born and all the deep resolutions of my spirit take wings. In the center, my fears are nourished and, and all my hates are nurtured. Here my loves are cherished and all the deep hungers of my spirit are honored without quivering and without shock. In my heart, above all else, let love and integrity envelop me until my love is perfected and the last vestige of my desiring is no longer in conflict with your spirit. I want to be more holy in my heart. Amen. Church family, what does the first love look like? Do you remember when you first loved Jesus? Do you remember when? I know when I came in back into the church. I really came in because I wanted to learn how to be a better father, better husband. And I was excited. I think I was in five choirs, a couple Bible studies. The church that we came into was getting ready to do something that was called, the, I think, Evangelism Explosion, something like that. And they were getting ready to do an every member canvas. Uh, because I guess they had looked around. There were some people that weren't coming to church, and there were some folks that maybe uh, were disgruntled. But they were going to visit everybody in the church. And we got involved with this evangelism explosion. And we took these, they had these little training sessions. And I want to tell you what a joy, what a joy it was. I'm saying, when well, we're getting ready to go out and talk to people that ain't coming to church because they got something wrong with the church. Well, what do I want to visit them for? <laughs> but in the end, we learned to knock on doors. And we learned to say, hallelujah, how you doing? And I was blessed to go out with someone who was used to knocking on doors and new folk. And what a joy it was to find, to, to have some, some way of, 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 of expending this energy that I had gained because I love Jesus Christ. My wife of 48 years is among us today. Hallelujah. And I remember when this love that I was feeling for Jesus, she must have thought it was getting a little bit out of control. Because one day, I felt Jesus' call on my life to come and serve him in another way. Now, you might say, well, that's just, you know, he calls you and you go serve him. But we had a crying time. Because in order to come serve him, he says, I want everything. You have to be ready to give him everything. Well, I was a businessman. I was making my own money. And we had a new house, and, and we're raising kids, and, and, and all the rest of it. And we had to have a moment where we said, well, we thought about what it meant. You see, for us, we become itinerant ministers for the Lord. I don't, think he, I don't think he would have sent me to Timbuktu, but I had to think that that was a possibility. And when it was all said and done, we had to put all of that on the altar for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what he did? He didn't take my business. He didn't take my house. I still had a car to drive. He just put me over here. This is where I want you to serve. And that's how our love, that's how my love began to manifest itself in the life of Jesus Christ. What is your first love? What does it feel like? What did it feel like? What does it feel like today? What does it feel like when you read this letter that he sent to the Ephesian church, to the church there in Ephesus, when he tells you that, hey, 
You've forgotten me. All you have to do. He uses the word repent. You heard us tell you the things that you do. It's as easy as that. As easy as that. And as we prepare to take our seat, I want to tell you how much Jesus loves me. I want to tell you how much that he loves you. The bottom line is this. The good news of Christianity is God's unconditional love for us in Jesus. Regardless of who, regardless of what, regardless of where, regardless of when, God loves us. He loves us no more, no less than he loves anybody else. He lived, he died, he rose, he reigns in Jesus for us. No more, no less than he lived, died, and rose and reigns for anybody else. His love is inclusive. Look around the room at the diversity that's in here. That's a word that's thrown about, but it's a reality in Jesus. And he said this, I do love you. And I do love the world. Even people who are not yet in relationship with God. I don't know whether you're online and you're thinking about God. You've heard about God. You say, what letter is he talking about? And maybe you're going to go read that letter and find yourself in the face of a communication with you. And somehow you come out of that and you want this new relationship with God. It's available to you. If anybody, anybody not yet in a relationship with God, God is waiting for you. And with God, through faith in Jesus, hallelujah, he wants you. I have other sheep, see? The word tells us that he has other sheep in another fold. It says, I must bring them also. God's going to bring you. You're coming. Our Lord does not want anyone left out of the wholeness, the fullness, the joy, the eternal security of life in the kingdom. And that's why he's the good shepherd. That's why he leads. That's why he, he walks before us. That's why he, we can live in confident living for eternal life. We ask God to just send out an eternal blessing unto you. Be the Paul in somebody's life. Be the Silas in somebody's life. Be the one who can... Praise God in the midst of every circumstance. <laughs> the way maker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a great song. Be the one that can praise God in the midst of your trouble. Because remember, he, 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 he broke the shackles. He threw open the prison doors. And it wasn't just for you. You see, when it talks about the, the, the oil running down Aaron's beard and onto his robe, that's, that's, that's your joy. That's what people see in, in you and Jesus, that joy. And it can roll down and, and, and affect somebody else. In that evening, in that midnight hour when Paul and Silas were in the, uh, a horrible moment and they were singing praises to God, that's what happened. Their shackles fell off. But not only their shackles fell off, everybody's shackles fell off. And not only did their doors open, everybody's doors open. And they didn't run outside. They weren't free. They, 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 they stayed there. An amazing, amazing moment. Not only can it be your moment, you could be the causality to remember your first love and your life will change. To get your first love, your life can change. And we say all of this 
Again, to folk, if you have ears, listen to what the Spirit is saying. Amen. And amen. Praise team and the folks who will bring you into prayer are coming. So be thinking. What's on your heart right now? What do you want to say to the Lord Jesus Christ? He's standing at your door now. Some of your doors are open. Some of them are closed tight. But he's knocking. Can you hear him knocking? today if you need prayer if you want to pray with someone there's going to be some folks at our prayer stations the front area is open for you to come and pray God wants to be a part of our lives he wants us to be a part of his life he wants us to be a part of him of who he is that's what he's called us to be and he's waiting for us so Lord Today, we invite you to be here with us because you've called us to be where you are. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle the place where you promised to be. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? It's all
promised not to forsake us. Lord, you promised to be there to make a way. Lord, we rejoice in your faithfulness today. us here, we pray today, God. Lord, whether here is a physical location or here is a set of circumstances that we are finding ourselves in, Lord, you you are here with us. That's where you want to be and that's where you want us to be is where you are. We recognize, Lord, today that we are not enough without you. But with you, all things are possible. We are more than enough because you have made us enough. And so, Lord, as we struggle today with the things in our lives that just seem to nag at us, Lord, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would help us to recognize you in every part of our life. We thank you, God. 
go with us today and this week. Give us favor, blessing, divine appointments to be able to share your love with other people. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. If you're online, if you need somebody to pray with you, there'll be some folks around for another 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, The front is still open. Folks will remain at the prayer stations for a few minutes. God bless you. We'll see you next time.